welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, with my co-host here, Bob Hassan. Yay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to introduce you to David Jarns, who I've been friends with for a long time, and who was one of the first people who brought me into kind of the business marketplace conferences back, I think, 13 years ago. Wow. And we had some epic events together. They still have epic events for KBA, and they've invited me several times. I need to actually be faithful and go again sometime. Well, maybe you can invite me this time. Yeah, it'd be good. You'd love their tribe. But I, I think it's cool to think of that the fact that God's raising up people that have relationship with each other that's surrounding our kind of our kingdom purpose. And yeah. you have alliances, and you do have like full gospel businessmen type things. And KBA is a, a, a new breed of that. But I, I feel like getting our tribe around us is, to me, one of the things you and I talk about a lot is like just getting your your core life friends that can actually track with you on your spiritual journey yeah. is so essential. And I put out a post the other day about, it was on our uh, Your Perfect Journey YouTube uh, video. It was about how one of the provisions God brings is your group and network of friendships. You know, it's not just provision for money, but for friendship. And I talked about that. And what I was sad about is that so many people respond to that video. I've never had that. I've never had spiritual friends who track with my business or my entertainment career or my ministry or whatever else. And I was like, I was so sad. I've been lucky in my life um, to have three older men in my life who I I was able to uh, work with my entire career. And um Two of them are in their uh, mid-80s now, and my father-in-law, Willie, passed away this year. But these men uh, were kind of the rock that when all the things that should never happen happen in business and in life, you could call them. And more than likely, it had happened to them before. And so they were able to give, you know, this really cool perspective on how on how to move through it. And I think having, you know, older people in your life who've been through it is important, but I've also been lucky to have in my life a small groups of friends who were my age or younger, who we are running with spiritually and in the marketplace uh, and who, who know me. And it's, it's pretty hard to be vulnerable and authentic but once you find those people, it's it's almost a requirement in order to live a healthy life, don't you think? Totally. And I think uh, the, the mistake many people make, especially I would think men more than women, is that they become friends with people who have a role to play in their life. And they consider that one of their primary friendships. So their lawyer, their doctor, their not that you can't be. We're friends with our lawyers and doctors. I mean, it's, right. we love our lawyers and doctors. But as far as they don't have friends outside of people who do something for them or that they pay to play a role in their life and mm-hmm. to some degree. And I think that there's something really special when you have those spiritual friends. Sometimes you find them at church or through a KBA or a full gospel business or whatever. You can find them through that. But I mean, if we just really know that that's something God wants to bring us, like a Jonathan and a David friend, right. you know, like he wants to bring us the camaraderie, the, the companionship, friendships to our purpose. But it does take a measure of vulnerability because when you're in it, you feel like when you're in hardship, you feel like no one else is going through what you're going through. Right. Their skills are too big or too small compared for as far as what you've heard of. 
And even like when you first came alongside of us and we were going through so much as far as expanding and trying to figure out cash flow and the whole thing, we, you know, because you were consulting us, so we showed you our whole process and it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> so somebody, it's like pulling down your pants. It's like, here, here's everything that's going on. Help, you know, like, I don't know if you can help and we're sorry you're seeing this. And there was nothing immoral or wrong. This is, no. we were making good decisions. It's just that we grew too fast and we had too much inventory and cash flow, so whatever. And, and, but it is hard. So I can imagine somebody who's a chairman who has 80,000 employees, it's going to be double hard. Right. <laughs> because they're like, how do I even start tracking with you? And that's where it takes that spiritual connection where it's you ask Holy Spirit to bring these people and he interjects them in times of your life, like you and I, our friendship. Yeah. We, it takes five to seven years to build the trust that I felt like we had right away. Yeah. I think like, I like to say in our relationship, both of us, if, if, if I don't ask you the question, then who will, right? I'm in your life. If I don't ask you the question, who will, and you're the same with me, you will ask me the hard questions and we have enough equity uh, in our relationship that it, it's not only okay, it's required. It's required that we're that deep so that, because things happen, things happen that are scary. Uh, we just went through 2020. It, it yeah. was scary. And, you know, I talked about earlier about these, these, my, these three mentors that are in their eighties. I called them and said, what do you do? And they were like, I don't know. We've never been through a, a global pandemic, health crisis and economic crisis. And so you get to a point where you're trusting God for the people that he set around you and for people to help you walk through unprecedented circumstances. Well, and there's almost two, so it happens like, let's say for 2020 for you and your business, you were thriving. And so someone else who might be your friend, if they have shame triggers or if they have a, a comparison or performance issues, they might not want to be as vulnerable because if they're not experiencing the same breakthrough or goodness, it's hard to share like, oh, I'm the one with the problem. It's hard mm -hmm. to be that person. And so I think a lot of people don't share the hard times with other people because they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to be the heavy right. part. They don't want to be whatever. But what I love about friendship, and so there's times like I wanted to call you with all the good breakthrough news, but yeah. I was consumed with what was hard. And right. I was like, okay, Bob, I hate that I'm having this, I have to have this conversation. And you didn't need to hear me say that. I just know that I don't want to talk about the heavy party stuff right now, but I need, I need you. I need that, that Bob hat on right now. And so I think I, it's really, you know, it's really hard to be that level vulnerable with yourself, let alone someone else. And so I feel like when people don't enter into these kinds of relationships, we can ask ourselves some questions. Am I available to? Do I want to be vulnerable? Yeah. Do I really want what I, I mean, it sounds idealistic to want this if you're not going to be vulnerable. But if you're going to be right. vulnerable, it's not idealistic at all. It's like actually realistic. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, coming up next, Dave Yarns, we're going to hear what it looks like in some marketplace miracles. And I think everything that we've just talked about, he's going to explain away for us. So stay tuned. God has wired you for hearing his voice. And this isn't rocket science. Through my best-selling book, Translating God, I introduced a love-based approach to the revelation gifts like prophecy and words of knowledge, then bring you on a full circle journey biblically on how to practice these gifts right now in your life. Be your own best personal prophet and then have the authority from that place to speak to the world around you. We have an anniversary bundle available for you right now that you can get at our website at www.bullsministries.com. In this anniversary bundle, you're gonna get Translating God the book, Translating God, the workbook, and also our brand new e-course, 
that you're going to love. We just made it really practical. It's going to take you on the whole journey of how to translate God for you and the world around you. Hi, this is Bob Hassan. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace with Bob and Sean. Sean, how are you? I'm so good. And I'm so glad that we have Dave on today. Dave Yarns has been a friend for a number of years, and he actually brought me into some of the marketplace conversations over a decade ago because of just our budding friendship back then. And so I'm so glad you're on, Dave. Welcome. Hey, it's really, really good to be on with you guys. I think we're vastly social distancing. You guys are in California and I'm on the East Coast. So <laughs> hopefully that qualifies. We're, we're, and we aren't even together. Bob and I sometimes do this together, even in COVID, because we're part of each other's pod. But uh, <laughs> I think yep. that's what they call it now, a pod. I'm but, sitting uh, in San Diego and Sean's in LA. And LA just staring at each other. It's great. But Dave, I, I just have so much respect for you. I just love how down to earth wow. you are. In all the years I've known you, just the just what you work on is so intriguing to me because you've and you've introduced me to a lot of the uh, network of your friends. When I do see you, you'll introduce me to people every time just because that's who you are. And and they're just the most fascinating, connected to God people. And but they're like the kind of guys you just want to go, you know, have a chat with. Not not I mean just go deep with, but also have fun with. So. I love how you've curated or how God's curated your relationship network and who you are in the midst of that, where you just so enjoy people being together and thinking new ideas. And I love KBA, Kingdom Business Association, which I've been able to be a part of a few times. And I'm glad to introduce you to Bob because I think you and Bob are kindred spirits. Well, uh, thanks. You know, I think a, a lot of your interview style really draws stuff uh, out from people. So thank you. Thank you for that incredible introduction. I'm going to save that and play it over and over again. You know, I think the marketplace has changed so much. I think, honestly, when you and I were having this conversation 10 years ago, there were still these remnants of you know, like, oh, you're, you're, you're in the marketplace in the secular world. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. if you, you know, when, once you grow up and really get, you know, spiritual, you'll, you'll like grow out of that. But I, you know, I think that battle's largely been won. I don't know what you think, but I don't really, I think that's a more of an unusual thing nowadays. Yeah. I think people would definitely just, there's, there's just no division between marketplace and church in the same way there used to be, but there is still gaps as far as people's value. Like when you join a big church and you're, you come from, maybe you're a chairman or you're a CEO or you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes there's still misunderstandings of how do I connect, you know, my career side of my life into this community. And that, that happens a lot, but I love that we're not having the same old conversations anymore. That it's like, yeah, there's definitely like kind of a, I think social media has done that too as well. And, I know, Bob, your conversations that we've even had over the last two or three years, I feel like Christian world has had more marketplace intelligence than ever. Our conversations even changed. They have. I Growing up uh, in Christianity, the marketplace people were always second-class citizens. And I could never understand that because some of the most uh, ethical uh, people that I've ever met are in the marketplace, in the business world. And I could never understand why pastors and church leaders didn't see um, the value of bringing uh, builders or business people on their team in order to help them 
them build. So Dave, when you said that, I was kind of smiling like, yes, I I survived that also. Like, when are you going (laughs) to grow up? When are you going to be a pastor, Bob? Well, I sort of already am in my business in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, just, just to clarify for, for folks, I think, you know, marketplace, uh, you know, can be pretty broad. I am, you know, largely in the financial business world with a high kind of uh, population of entrepreneurs, you know, someone once said, like, priests like people. So, I mean, that's kind of my background. So it makes sense that those are around there. And you know, the, the risk that people need to take, um, the care that they give over their, you know, employees and their vendors and really trying to navigate the front lines, especially, um, in a culture, I I think in America, you know, probably folks listening from different parts of the world, but really, I know probably many generations have said this, but it's, many areas are becoming more and more uh, critical of Christian values in, you know, uh, I shouldn't say values, more, uh, you know, Christian connotation. I was just reading a lawsuit about a a lady that wanted to put John 316 on her website. And like, my God, you know, that's so innocuous. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, my hat's off to a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, I, I had a conversation the other day that was kind of interesting. I was, was talking with, uh, kind of the who's who of Christianity is, is at least in my part of the world. These were leaders of leaders, you know, the names are kind of household names. I don't know why, why I was in the meeting, but I happened to be there. <laughs> and, uh, they were talking to me about, uh, you know, some strategy I had and I said, Hey, I'm going to get uh, into my friend's hands, you know, get out to the people that follow me some very specific steps forward, uh, you know, to implement faith in their life. But here's the conversation. I thought this was really interesting. One of the guys stands up and you would know him as this national kind of Christian celebrity said, Dave, wouldn't it be better if you taught them to, you know, really mine God's truth from the Bible and then from that, develop their own Christian worldview mm-hmm. in light of, you know, these things that they're mining and their situations. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that'd be great. But you grossly overestimate the amount of time these guys have to right. do stuff like that. That's why That's they so need true. content, people like us, because right. the guys I know, they, they're getting up at like five, battling traffic, really working hard all day long, you know, praying at lunch coming back, take their wife out to dinner once a week and maybe see a couple of kids ball games. And then they rinse and repeat. Now yeah. we have more leisure to like formulate, you know, books and thought patterns and stuff. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, my hat's really off to those guys. They really are warriors, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're building and, you know, um, sacrificing a lot of their lives so that, uh, their employees and, customers and families can, you know, thrive. That's so true. I think of just, you know, when you were first starting uh, KBA and how you were thinking about how can I bring encouragement and connection to these guys? What does it turn into this many years later? And even with some of the books that you've had out now, where you went from 
being in primarily in the business world to taking over the vice presidency of Morningstar and wanting to so and actually bringing Morningstar into a place of really having these conversations with major business leaders. Just like you said, you were in the who's who of the church world Christians. You've been in the who's who of around billionaires and millionaires and people who are who, who made significant contributions to major kingdom advancement uh, in past generations and even now. And you've, you know, when I use the word curating relationships, that way you've done that again. What are you seeing now, you know, this many years yeah. later after KBA started and your books have come out and your influence has increased in that space? Give yeah. us some hope. Give us what God's doing. Well, thanks so much. So first of all, I want to let you know that I've forgiven you for not talking me out of that move oh so many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You were literally right there as I was (laughs) contemplating this. And, uh, you know, you had the sin of omission, but uh, I've forgiven you and, you know, don't have any bitterness. But, um, you know, I I think... um, Years ago, when we we started the Kingdom Business Association, I looked around and there were four types of organizations out there for Christian business. Now, this this is probably 13, 14 years ago when we started, uh, predates me being at Morningstar. But there were groups that organized under um, literature or content. Like if you buy my book, if you read, if you subscribe, if you write, you know, this is then you're a part of us. Yeah. There was a hierarchical model, which was kind of like, I'm the leader and, you know, you are my followers. And, you know, you see that, uh, you know, in, in cultures where that's really predominant, you know, this kind of heavy handed, in my opinion, father to But uh, what I wanted to do uh, was something a little different. I wanted to really form relationships because for me if I had issues or I was, you know, struggling or trying to figure something out, I love, you know, Sean's books, but I would want to call you and I would want to say, Hey, Sean, this is where I'm at. And, you know, pray for me or see if you can get a word. And, uh, you know, in addition to reading your material and, you know, so that was a much slower road than I had thought, but, Oh, at the end of the day, now that we've, you know, been doing it for years and you get to hear the testimony so much more rewarding, you know, really trying to connect and build relationally, support, encourage. Uh, And I think also realizing that, you know, from a business network standpoint, there are uh, quote unquote secular places where people can get a lot of acumen you know, uh, accounting and strategy and, uh, you know, social media and networking, marketing, but they can't get kind of a tribal connection, you know, the word from God, this kind of alignment. And, you know, the, I think the scriptures are clear that he places the orphans in families. And so we've seen, you know, just cross denominations and across geography, people feel like, hey, this is our tribe. Here's a group of people, you know, we're highly prophetic, our tribe, and probably highly charismatic. So we tend to get a little bit more of those folk. But, you know, we've got Catholics and Baptists and all kinds of people. And to me, as, you know, kind of the 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 founder of the movement, so to speak, that is really rewarding to me, that, you That's know, to awesome. see relationships building. Dave, and, I'd uh, love to hear. I'd love to hear Dave a like a one of your 
testimonies of KBA, how it changed someone's life. For the listeners out there, the, the power of being in a tribe, the power of sharing the burden of being in the trenches, uh, a story yeah. that you might have that just stands out to you. Well, it's, I mean, you know, two come to mind, you know, one, um, uh, I was at a, a party and there was probably about 30 of us there and it was a birthday party. And, uh, one of our KBA leaders, uh, were there and, um, his birthday, you know, so, you know, and somehow it went to, you know, kind of going around the room and giving a birthday wish. And every person in that room was, you know, closely connected, kind of KBA. And this was just, you know, one small little chapter out of, you know, many that are like this. But they all started off with the same thing. If it wasn't for this group of people, mm -hmm. my marriage wouldn't have made it. Mm -hmm. And these were young couples. And at first, the first guy that stood up and said that with tears in his eyes, I'm like, wow, that's unusual. And then another guy came and said, you know, I had the same thing. My marriage wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for this group of people. I mean, I was ready to throw in the towel. And I think remarkably, you know, there were, that was the focus of that group, so to speak. So right. here were men and women, young men, young ladies that were very successful, very urban, and would have thrown the towel in on their marriage without the influence of KBA in their life. And I wow. never would have suspected something like that. I just wouldn't have. Uh, and it was, uh, it was remarkable. And um, uh, the, the one that I hear most commonly, I think, and, you know, I, I talked to a guy today where they'll say something like, and, and please, this is not to be promotional or self-aggrandizing. It's just reporting back. They'll say, like, my business changed, my life changed when I started to get around people that believed in me right. and now wow. things are so much better. Wow. Um, you know, sometimes their business skyrockets, sometimes they go in a new direction and uh, trust me, <laughs> I don't think it's anything that we're overtly doing, you know, but uh, man, that sure is uh, edifying to hear that. Um, so those are the two things, you know, I think, I think there are, uh, there's a real need for people to, uh, to be believing, anticipating marketplace miracles. That's something I'm really big on. And then I think also we have to treat people more than the one dimensional metron of their, you know, Hey, they're a business person or they're a, a pastor, you know, they have families and kids and, you know, sometimes they, you know, eat like a pig like I did over the holidays or, you know, I mean, they, they, people want to be concerned about them. Yeah, it was so bad. I, I dropped my wallet in the mall and I just stared at it and wondered if it was worth going after it or not. You know, I just <laughs> think of what credit cards I might just call and cancel on that. I'm trying to bend over and pick it up. You're ridiculous. What I hear you, Dave, what I hear you saying is that you're giving people courage and I find the same thing when people come to me with business issues after three or four questions, the real issue is the marriage or the family. Yeah. And, and I think being not being one dimensional, but bringing the Holy spirit into the conversation gives people courage. And it sounds like you've done that with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I think, 
I think relationship allows us to say something, Bob, like, I might not have all the answers, but, you know, come on over to the house and mm-hmm. I'll show you how Gina and I work through these things. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, wow. someone saying, hey, I'm not sure what you're facing, but this is what I did when my my inventory turn was so low, or this is how I was praying. Right. And, you know, and then, you know, in the encouragement of miracles in the marketplace is also really, really important for faith building, too. Well, talk about it. So you have some really key miracles that have happened in the marketplace. Talk about a couple of those miracles just to to bring that encouragement to our listeners. Yeah, well, well, thanks for, for doing that. Um, I, you know, I, I hadn't thought about this until just this moment, but one just recently, we have um, leaders that go through ordination with us. So it's, you know, these are kind of the the people that really are are highly connected with us uh, that through a number of years, us visiting them, them visiting us, they feel ordination is important. One of our gang is from New York and he operates a very old manufacturing company that's been in the family for years. Mm. And some of the equipment, I mean, this is things that are as like big as a, a room, you know, piece of yeah. equipment. They were kind of derelict. And um, they were wondering what to do because it was kind of a dying industry and the machines were too difficult to get outfit. Long story short, we actually send a couple down there and they spend the weekend praying for them and they open an office and they're praying for the staff. Like, you know, on your lunch hour, if you want to come and talk with KBA pastor or something, you can. So that's going really well. The end, they pray for this equipment and a prophetic word comes out that God is going to take this equipment and remodel it, revamp it, repurpose it. And, you know, there's millions of dollars of these giant antique machines. The, the, the story is much better than I'm giving it credit. But that <laughs> night, the hugest, largest storm breaks out and actually smashes through their roof. Oof. And the entire factory gets flooded including the destruction of all these machines. They wake up the next morning and they're like, what kind of anti-miracle is this? You know, Oh my gosh! until the insurance adjuster showed up, of course. And he said, Hey, all this equipment, don't worry about it. It was all covered under your policy. Uh, the, the, the bad news is we don't have these controllers anymore. So we're going to refit these with computer numeric controlled controllers. And, you know, whatever expense of the insurance company, we're going to have these things wow. repurposed. And it transformed that company in 24-hour period. Wow. And um, I, I, the, thing, the thing that gets me about those stories is when I hear them, my faith for my business, the things that I do, rises. And exactly. I don't typically hear about them at church. So I've got to find another channel on the radio to tune into which are other business people telling marketplace miracle stories the way, you know, in church, you're telling stories about healing or, you know, other types of testimony. And um, yeah, so that one just comes to mind. Um, You know, the one that put me on the map was uh, Euclid school building in New York. It was a giant school encompassed an entire block. And, uh, a prophetic word came to a friend of mine. He was going to buy the school and we walked through it. It was so big, Sean, 
And Bob, I, I literally get lost in this building. It mm. was on the National Historic Register and of significant buildings and, you know, just millions and millions of dollars. Um, I, I thought the guy was crazy. You know, I mean, I trusted him, but he had this prophetic word. And I was relieved when he called me a couple days later and said, hey, you know, I missed it. God doesn't want me to buy Euclid School. He wants you to buy it. <laughs> and uh, wow. so I pray, I mean, you know, I'll just go through the story of coming to faith about it. But the miracle part was I submitted an offer based on the story of Gideon. And I submitted it at the end of the year. It was literally like the last meeting. Um, December, matter of public record now. I don't know, gosh, it's got to be 20 years ago. And um, they sold me the building because they needed a tax break at the end of the year as they were pulling in all of their receipts and accounting. One of the women stood up and said, I think we should sell them this building at his price. We'll take a huge loss, but it'll offset some of our tax gain. And they sold me the building, all of its contents, all of the other parcels, like a tennis court and parking lot. You know, it was an entire wow. block for $300. That was the number that I'd gotten <laughs> from God. And, uh, and Bob's mouth you know, just dropped open. Yeah. And I love to share that story because, you know, I show pictures of the school sometimes when I share it. But that, that thing for me, became this sense of like, oh, God can do these kinds of miracles as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It became more than just theory. And I think, that, you know, I, I have the privilege of kind of encouraging others' faith. So, Dave, I, I love that story. And I say things, sometimes I'm a little blunt, but I say things like, you know, I, I love when the lame are healed and the blind get sight and, and the dead, you know, rise to life. It's amazing. I've, I've seen that and heard stories of it. But my wheelhouse is hearing these practical miracles in the marketplace. And I hear hundreds of them from ordinary people just taking risks and doing things like exactly what you're talking about. And it does. It raises my faith. It raises my faith to hear how could someone offer $300 for a piece yeah. of <laughs> but, but you did and God came through. And I think the story that we need to take from that is God is, is the God of the impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think that, that, you know, the part of Gideon, you know, the 300 from Gideon, that's where I got the number, but you know, his, his thought was so that from now into time in memorial, you'll never be tempted to think that this was your strength. You know, that yeah. was the story of Gideon. And that was the story of, of me, because I think some of the pitfalls on our road in the marketplace, you know, certainly money and, you know, spending too much time away from the family or something, but also as we have success laying hold of the glory, you know, laying hold of the, you know, Hey, you know, this has all been my hard work and, and, um, uh, you know, that that's tough because we do participate. It is cooperation with God, but 
in humility, we keep coming back and go, listen, God, it's a miracle that I can get up in the morning. It's a miracle uh, that I can understand yeah. these things. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you, he sustains us through, mm-hmm. you know, series of miracles. So, so uh, I, I think it's really cool when you run into guys that have that, that kind of conversation. And, you know, uh, I, I have a friend and he's a billionaire and I asked him how his life is going. And he said, Dave, it's so much better now than when I used to cut sugar cane in the hot sun as a kid. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow. well, yeah, but it was humble, you know, but I thought, well, yeah, I guess it would be better than, you know, being a billionaire is better than cutting sugar cane. But that was his perspective <laughs> on thing, you know. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just a fascinating way to look at things, too. When you, when you reverse engineer your big wins in life and you see God in them versus seeing yourself in him. It's just like you get so much closer to God. And I love that. Um, I just love everything about what you're doing, David. It's so cool. I know people can get a hold of you through the Morningstar website, but you also have your books. Is there a best uh, place to find you in your books and your materials? Yeah, uh, you can you can find me at morningstarministry.org or mstarm.org, or you can find me at daveyarns.com. And then between those two resources, you can uh, follow us to uh, kbabiz.com. But I don't want to overwhelm you with the uh, <laughs> list of websites that uh, keep seems to grow. So uh, a lot of our listeners, they may not know that there's something available called KBA, which is you can even start a chapter or get involved in your own region. So I'd encourage thanks, you to thanks for Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, the, I definitely... Kingdom Business Association, kbabiz.com, membership around the world of very kind of, uh, I don't know, powerful, you know, Christian business men and women that are uniting. And, uh, you know, all of our materials on there, all of our books and all of our teachings are on there. And I think it's like $20 a month to join. And That's uh, awesome. yeah, you unlock all all of our books and all of our material the minute that you sign up. So would love to have you. It's an extravagant offering. So I'm so glad. Thanks, David, so much for being on today. Welcome. And now it is time for questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're gonna receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're a family, they're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner.
Well, welcome to our question segment with Bob and Sean. We have a question from listener just like you. Hi, my name's Lisa and I'm from Australia and I have a ministry and my husband has a successful company and both of us have momentum of, on what we do. We also have two little girls. So my question is about burnout. What are some signs that you that you notice when you're starting to get worn out or burnt out? And what are things that you put in place so that you don't burn out? Thanks so much. So that's a great question. I think, you know, when you have people who are driven and are performance oriented, even if they have a healthy identity, it's so hard sometimes to see what's going to burn you up because you could be at full capacity and no tra trauma or tragedy happens for a while. And so you can live out at that max for a while. But if you get one trauma, one bad thing hits, that's just hard. Maybe a family member dies or maybe it's something like a relational conflict, or maybe it's an accusation or something in the business or in the ministry or whatever. It could, throw you off because you have no more capacity to handle that thing. And so what I think is important is that we live within our margins of not 100% all the time, but, you know, on our project or on our business or on our ministry, but we live within margins of healthy boundaries of what does it really take to do what we're called to do? And then with family, with marriage, with, you know, with our business, with our ministry, and then put hours and timeframes up and then say no to everything else. Because- yeah. I think that's where people get tripped up. It's like, no, I live this way. I live this way. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until you're not. Until something happens that totally, you know, co coronavirus did that for a lot of people. All of a sudden they were great, 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 great. And then it was like, bam, everything that, you know, the floor was, the carpet was pulled out from so many people because they didn't have margins. They didn't have anything to help stabilize them, not just the finances or whatever else, but just the stabilizing motivation, pouring back into your soul, pouring back into your life. And a lot of people end up feeling going through midlife crises or going through full burnout because, or even spiritual midlife crises because they're giving something all to the performance or to the identity of what they're trying to build. And they're not pouring enough into their, themselves or their friends and family. And so they're, they end up empty. And then when they need to draw, make a, a withdrawal, they, there's nothing to withdraw from because they've not been pouring into it. So that's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, that's so good. And you are you are an expert because like our caller, you have two young girls. And so you are are always measuring what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? And I think, you know, I, as I watch you do that, you do a great job. You're choosing your wife and your family, but you're still in high production in your job and your ministry. And I think one of the things that in my life I've seen is when people isolate themselves, they get busy, they start to get burned out, they isolate themselves from the people who can speak into their lives to say, hey, listen, I think I'm seeing these things. I'm seeing these warning factors. There's a great book by an author named Stephen Mansfield called The Ten Signs of a Leadership Crash mm -hmm. that I think is a good resource for people to read for themselves and uh, for their friends. But this notion of work-life balance is talked about now. And I, I kind of laugh because I think, you know, if you're in a cyclical business, like let's say you're an accountant, well, every April 15th, you're going to be really, really busy. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. quarter, you're going to be really, really busy. Or if you're a ministry, every end of the year, you're going to have, uh, you know, a, a lot a lot on your plate. And, and I think you have to look at your business, your ministry, look at the cycles, and then decide 
in the future, well, these are our busy times. So in our off times, when we're not busy, we need to make intentional choices to care for ourselves, our marriage and our children, so that when the times do come when we're busy and we don't have the margin, we're prepared for it. That's so good, Bob. And I think also when you apply the word rest to your life, like the hard work of rest is a is a really intense concept because rest doesn't mean not do anything, but it means doing something that pours back into you and your relationship with God and your relationship to yourself and your relationship to the world around you. And what we've found is that most leaders don't do rest well. I mean, I have a love coalition. We're in our 11th year. It's a group of 80 ministries that are all like young, powerful ministries that are so we have whole movements around them. And one of the things we've had to do over and over and over is say, how are you resting? Right. How are you just having pouring times? Like when you and your spouse go out together, are you just having another work meeting? Or is it truly a date where everything's off the table except for love? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> We're so busy. So these kinds of questions of like just looking at the, the sociological and the psycho- psychological part of humanity and saying, I need to honor my humanity as well. I need to honor what God's put inside of me, my needs. Just like we eat in a healthy way, we have to have meetings in a healthy way. And we, we can't have too many or else we just, obviously you're robbing something to have that next meeting, to have that next success. And again, we, you so get to a place in your life where whatever level of success you have, when you arrive, it will not be enough. And so you have to realize that that is just, it's a, it's, it's a whimsical thing that like, I want to go after this, but it doesn't actually bring the fulfillment you think it will. And so to have that work-life balance, I love the sign you see in like young families' homes, and I love this, where it says, these are the good old days. Oh, that's so good. And it's so important to say like this, the day I'm living right now is the good old day. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run past it for tomorrow. I'm going to actually enjoy today. Oh, Sean, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for uh, your questions uh, for both Sean and I, and you can go to bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com and click the button, ask a question with Bob and Sean, and we will answer them next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.